Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, an outreach of Greater Works Christian Church here in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Robert Enos. If you like what you hear, visit us at gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Find the Table Flippers link, click on it, and you'll get to our merchandise. Now, get ready for a huge dose of truth and a huge dose of common sense. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. I'm glad that I could be back here with you, and I am so happy that you have tuned in to this episode. Even though we're not directly in front of one another, I have really grown in my appreciation for each and every one of you. Every one of you that listens to these podcasts, even if you don't like them, you know, if you disagree, I just appreciate that you listen because this is, um, well, we're exercising our First Amendment rights in the free exchange of ideas in uh, civil conversation. And um, I do appreciate that. So I appreciate you tuning in. Even if you throw stuff at your, uh, whatever you're listening on, your radio, your uh, stereo, if you're throwing, or your phone, if you're throwing your phone across the room or whatever, I apologize for that. But nonetheless, I do appreciate you tuning in. And that's why I invite all of you to at least email me so that uh, share with me your agreements, share with me your disagreements. And maybe by doing that, Well, I will know this. I can certainly learn. Even if I don't fully agree with what you're writing to me or what you're trying to tell me, I can at least learn from it. Just like these, you still may walk away in disagreement with me, but you might learn something. Well, you will learn something. If nothing else, you'll at least learn what myself and people like me, the way we think, some of the things that we believe. So, again, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in and being one of my adoring fans. Today I want to, at least for this episode, I'm going to do something just a tad bit different. I just want to give a kind of a shout-out, as they would say. I am uh, a little old to be using this modern lingo, but I'm going to do my best so that I can fit in with the younger crowd. (laughs) I'm doing my best to have my good radio voice. (laughs) Anyways, um, I do want to give a shout out to a bunch of people. A huge thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, before I start this, if I were to sit down and make a list and try to do an episode on all the people that have impacted me in a positive manner, even in the last year, well, I wouldn't have enough time to name all the names and tell you what and why and how they've impacted me, you know, in in a positive manner. So I I want to apologize right up front. This is definitely certainly not an, an exhaustive list of the people that have really impacted me in a positive manner and helped to um whether it be changing my life or strengthening some area in my life or teaching me, training me, or speaking something into my life that will keep me from going off course and keep me on course, and a myriad of other things, positive, of course. So as I get into this, please forgive me if if you feel like your name should be in here. If you've uh, made a positive impact on my life, your name certainly belongs here. This is just mainly for time and to keep this somewhat concise, uh, just to give an idea, because I also want to use this as a training tool or, you know, if you will, for anybody else out there that might be struggling in 
any area. You know, if you're struggling in your marriage, if you're struggling in your um, diet, if you're struggling in your finances, you're just struggling maybe with your own thoughts, uh, your self-image, things of that nature. If you're struggling, the principles you're going to hear and learn in this episode will certainly help you overcome all the obstacles that you might be facing in your own personal life. So please um, hear what I'm saying and learn from it. But I want to start with reading a quote from John C. Maxwell. And I think many of you have probably at least heard of John Maxwell. Some of you have read his books. If you haven't read any of his books, please pick up some of his books and material. Uh, John, J-O-H-N-C, just the letter C, Maxwell, M-A-X-W-E-L, phenomenal teacher and trainer and mentor on um, becoming a better leader. Well, really becoming a better you, uh, which again, uh, also includes becoming a better leader, better in business, better in ministry, better in life, better in your relationships. And what he teaches, all the principles that he teaches can be applied in so many, actually every area of your life, not just many areas, but every area of your life, your relationships, your marriage, your children, your business, your ministry, because he's, he does an ex, I mean, one of the best, if not the best, one of the best teachers and trainers on just how to develop a better you. And so I've read many of his books and right now at the church, my leadership and myself, we have a type if book club kind of a thing. And what we're doing is we're reading a John Maxwell book. And then we get together once a week. We discuss what we learned, you know, what did you get out of this chapter? And then after that, we, we take that, what we're learning there, and then we take it into our own personal leadership and our ministries and our position at the church and anywhere else in our life. And we're going to be developing not only ourselves personally more and more and more, but the actual leadership of the church. So anyways, let me again start off with this John Maxwell quote. He says, if you have great people around you, you they will take you higher than your dream will. Leaders are never self-made. Those closest to you determine your level of success. So choosing the right companions as partners in pursuit of your vision is an important decision. My advice is to surround yourself with talented people who will challenge you, help you grow, and inspire you to maximize your potential. And again, that was from John C. Maxwell. This, what he put in here, and I have several quotes in here that I'm going to be reading from different people that kind of deal with the same type of thing, having the right people around you. And I want to touch on something because, and this is for everybody, especially if you're Christian, but if you're not a Christian, well... I don't want to say especially for Christians. It's for everybody because Jesus in that sense is universal. He is for everybody. And when we look at the life of Christ, the ministry of Christ, it's really interesting. You know, Jesus grew up in in Israel and he, he grew up so he would have had a lot of friends growing up, you know, that he played with, people that he would later on work with, people that he would meet whether it be you know in the work world or friends running around doing things. And so he had a lot of friends. But when you see Jesus come up out of the water of baptism, and, and basically from that point on, for the most part, you know he had the 40 days of temptation and everything, but after that, he started his ministry. And he started calling together his disciples. We know them, the 12 disciples. And he brought them 
closer to him than anybody else. And uh, maybe some of those people, some of those disciples, one, two, whatever, he kind of knew earlier, maybe had, uh, I wouldn't say run-ins, like it was a negative thing, but maybe knew them somehow. But it doesn't really make it super clear. So my point is that Jesus, even though he had friends or people that he would consider friends, when it came time to start his ministry, he had to surround himself with a certain group of people. And even though he was Jesus, the son of the living God, he had to surround himself with the right people. And those people became, as we know them, the 12 disciples. And then those 12 disciples became the 12 apostles. Now, we do know that Judas went out after betraying Jesus, killed himself. He was replaced with Matthias uh, in the apostleship. But as far as the disciples, we know those 12 disciples and they came close to Jesus. But what's interesting about that is there was three, Peter, James, and John, that were even closer to Jesus than the other nine. They were all close to him. They all followed him, went with him everywhere during his three and a half year ministry. But Peter, James, and John were those that Jesus um, brought even closer to him. So when there were certain things that Jesus did, like when he went up on the mountain, transfigured before, before those three, Moses and Elijah came and met with him, it was only Peter, James, and John. When there were certain healings or certain deliverances that must take place, Jesus would only take Peter, James, and John. Uh, so he had the 12 around him, but he had three around him of that 12 that were even closer. And what's interesting is Jesus also had thousands that followed him. We sometimes forget about this, but Jesus literally had thousands of people that followed him. There's two stories in the Bible, one where Jesus feeds 5,000. And we, we, we tend to focus on that number, and that's a pretty good number, especially for people to follow around Jesus, it says, for at least three days, listening to his teaching, receiving, uh, watching the miracles, receiving healing and the miracles themselves. And then he says, oh, they're hungry, let's feed them. And it says there's 5,000. But if you read it carefully, it says 5,000 men and women and children. So let's let's face it, there could have been upwards and maybe far more than even 15,000 people total, men with their wives and their children. So 15,000, that would have been one man, one wife, and one child following Jesus. So when he fed the 5,000, what he was really feeding was somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 plus thousand people. And then there's another story where it says that basically the same thing, and it was 4,000. But again, it was the men. So we're talking close to 15,000 people again. Now, the reason I point that out is even though Jesus had thousands of followers in that regard, he only had 12 disciples and then three that were what we might call his inner circle. You know, he had 12 friends, thousands of acquaintances, 12 friends and three inner circle people that had his heart in that regard. Now, the, the reason I point that out is because uh, there's another passage in the Bible that I believe it's in Proverbs that says, a man of many friends comes to ruin. And we, we in the modern world, especially in the modern Christian world, we think that we're supposed to be friends. Now, please listen to me and hear what I'm saying before you start throwing the phone or throwing things at your listening device. We think we have to be friends with everybody, and that's just not simply true. We should be friendly to everybody. We should be kind to everybody. We should do our best to be kind, gentle, friendly to everybody. In other words, we should everyone that we come in contact with should be an acquaintance 
of great importance to us. But a friend is someone that is much more dear to heart, someone that you've become more intimate with. And I'm not talking about sexual intimacy. I'm just talking about you know more about that person than the average Joe knows, and they know more about you than the average Joe knows. Because you've taken time to sit down, spend time with each other, talk with one another, share with one another. And then, and that should, literally, Jesus only had 12. So that group for any human being, if it goes beyond, say, 15 people, we try to maintain that kind of level of friendship with more than 15 people, we're going to burn ourselves out, and in the end, we will be hurt by it, okay? So if you keep it a good, you know, say, 10 to 15 very tops, Jesus had 12, so 10 to 15 tops of what you could say, that's my friend, my intimate friend. But even then, out of that circle of people, you're only going to have three to maybe five super close friends with that deep, deep heart connection. Where like the Bible says, there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You know, you have friends, but then there's those friends that stick closer to a brother. Those are the people that you can absolutely 100% trust with anything and everything in your life, regardless of what it is, and vice versa. And that's usually right around three, so no more than three five anything else when we try to we, we try to expand on that number it begins to break down and hurt us more than help us okay so the reason i'm pointing this out is just like jesus he hand selected them he found the people just not that were producing great things in the moment i mean i'm sure they were to some degree but that had a teachable spirit and potential to do great things and they helped him and he helped them. Now, I'm telling you this because I want to just share out of my own life, give you some testimony, if you will, from my own life based upon this. I did not really do this. Most of this has been on accident on my part, but I am surrounded by some of the world's greatest people. A long time ago, uh, I knew that I was called into ministry. I knew that God was telling me, I want you to, you know, go into ministry, plant a church, and do this. And I didn't want to. I, I fought it. It wasn't that I didn't want ministry. I just didn't want the type of ministry that from, you know, pioneering ground up kind of ministry that God was calling me to. And I threw out every excuse in the world that I could think of to excuse me from being obedient to the Lord. And none of it worked. So I was just, I was just kind of complaining to God. God, I don't want to do this because you know I've seen church politics. I've seen all the nonsense in church. I've seen it, and in, in business as well. I've seen so much nonsense, person to person, people to people, and all that, leader to people, and all that. And I didn't want to be any part of it. I just didn't want it. I just wanted to be one of those traveling ministers that, you know, as we would say in evangelistic circles. I wanted to be able to blow in, blow up, blow out, and let the pastor deal with the mess. Um, but God wasn't calling me to that only. Yes, I've done some traveling, but I also uh, pioneered a church. My wife and I pioneered a church here, greatest church in the world, greater worst Christian church. And I don't apologize, nor do I joke when I say that. We're the greatest church in the world because of the people that God brought to us. Because in my complaining to God, Lord, you know, People do this, people do that, people backstab, people hurt, people blah, 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 blah. And that's pretty much the way God was treating me. If I could see God clearly, he, I'm sure he had his eyes rolled back in the head, in his head, with his hand making the blah, 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 blah sound like I'm, you know, and, and some kind of, you know, just 
back and forth with his head. Blah, 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 blah. I'm sure he was doing that. If not, many of the angels were doing that behind him. But God spoke to me very, very clearly at that moment. And he says, and it just shut me up. I'm going to send you the best. That's what he said so clearly. And I went, uh, how can you argue with that? If God himself is promising you the best, how can you then complain that I don't want to do this because of how you know people treat one another? Don't worry, I'm going to send you the best. And I can honestly tell you, the best started coming into my life. And when I say accidentally on my part, not God's part, but on my part, oh, absolutely. Because um, um, I, did, I didn't, I'll just be honest with you. I really don't know how in myself. I'm learning. I'm a lot better now than I was, but I don't really know how to seek out and find that great person and then not just that then make that connection i can see great people i can see a great potential in people i i I do have that gift i could see and discern great potential in people and i can even you know you can see when people are doing great things i just don't have the ability when i've tried it i've always failed to really make that connection in myself like hey i want that person around me or i want to be around them and it always breaks down because i'm just not good at that i'm very very awkward in that socially uh, awkward and, and everything else, culturally, socially, economically, whatever. I'm just awkward in that area. And I admit it. It took me a long time to be able to admit it. But one of the reasons why it's easier now to admit it is because God's just done it himself in spite of my awkwardness, in spite of my lack of ability in that area. Um, my wife always told me, you need to read that book, How to Make Friends and Influence People. But she would usually <laughs> say it in a kind of a snide-cutting way. So I never did because I didn't want to give her the the pleasure. (laughs) But nonetheless, I I probably should have because I could have learned from it. But again, let me get back to this. God has really put some great people around me, great people around me. And again, I don't have time uh, really to give all the names, but I'm going to give a few names, okay? And this is not an exhaustive list. Please, ladies and gentlemen, forgive me. And especially if you're listening to it and you feel like you should be on this list, you probably should. I'm just, I was thinking of people that I work the closest with and, and people that I know I have the ability to say their name in this podcast. So there's some people that I wanted on the list, but I didn't say, hey, I didn't ask them, can I use your name in in this episode? Because maybe they wouldn't want to for one reason or another. But I want to start off, number one, with my wife. Here's um, a beautiful woman that really gets on my nerves a lot. And I say that somewhat jokingly and yet not jokingly. And the reason I say she gets on my nerves, because she does, but in a good way, in a very good way. She's... um, when I've always knew this of her and I say this to her all the time, when you really set your heart to something, lovely Linda, it's done. It's settled. I, I remember years ago in our first house, when she said it in her heart that she that she was done with renting and she was gonna get a house and um I'm just you know, I never really saw her in in, in going after something that big. Smaller things, but that big. And it was a done deal. She we found the house uh, we we bought it. We moved into it. God did a lot of miracles to get us into that first house. Lots of miracles uh, that, I don't, again, I don't have time to really get into, but miraculously. But it was because of my wife's tenacity. She, she put her heart to it. She put her mind to it. Done. Same thing when it's when it comes to uh, purchasing any large, well, anything, but any large thing, car, other houses, things of that nature. Uh, and when she puts her heart to it, boom, it's done. And I know that. That's why when I see my wife 
if, if, if there's something that should be done or needs to be done, but her heart's not in it, you know, um, I pray and I, I, I call, cry out to God, hey, God, please let this be something that her heart grabs hold of. Because if, if, if she does, she'll, she's got all the faith in the world for that. And she can pull on heaven and make things done. But it isn't until she has that heart, she really grabs hold of it with her heart. We uh, had this um, butler's coffee for several years. And she ran it. She was the one who spearheaded the whole thing. She just found out about it, flipping through social media, and went after it. And so, anyways, I could go on and on and on about how great my wife is, but she is one of these people that John Maxwell would have been talking about. Bring these types of people into your life. And if you're not married, gentlemen or ladies, find someone like that to marry. But some other people, I, I want to start with my gym real quick before I get to my church. Um, I go to uh, CrossFit Inner Chamber here in Lancaster, California, the best gym in the whole wide world. And there's two people that I want to give a shout out. There's a whole bunch of people that I would love to tell you about and the impact they've made on my life. But again, I didn't get any of their permission. When I came in here into my studio, I sat down and said, what am I going to do an episode on today? And I was started to study and look at some things that I've been wanting to talk about. But it just jumped up in me. No, you need to really just give a shout out to some people and use that as a, you know, a training or encouragement, I should say, for others to, to follow suit. So I do want to give a shout out to... Um, Coach Josh, here's a young man. He literally, we were talking the other day, and you know, and I asked him his age and all that. And, and this guy could literally be uh, my son. He's he would my uh, youngest daughter is about his age, so literally he would be like my youngest child if he was me. And the only reason I tell you that is to show you how I'm 56 years old, and to show you how somebody so young has such potential and such drive and has made such a powerful, positive impact on me to make this list, this dude's going places. And to have him in my life and pushing me at the gym, yeah, I mean, it's, it's I'm not going to lie, it's rough. It's rough sometimes because that's hard work. But he, great teacher, great friend, super motivated, and he's making things happen, not just for me, but for himself, for his new wife, and for the people that's in the class and go to the gym and such. So, and and we just, yesterday we had our second workout Thursday at our church where a bunch of us in the church are getting together Thursday evening. Coach Josh is coming out and coaching us and we're having a workout time just trying to get in shape and extend it to the church family. So he's willing to come out and do that for us. What a phenomenal young man this is. And then I, I you know, no list would be complete without Daniel. Daniel's an interesting dude in a, in a great way. Uh, he's an actor. Uh, he was one of the coaches there at the gym. He does so many things. And one of the things I really, truly appreciate about both Josh and Daniel, and really all the people at the gym, but these two, because of the place that they are at in my own life and even in the gym, I've never heard them say a crossword or put down anybody or say anything negative. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you should... Uh, I wish this was more of a video thing and maybe someday in the future we will do that because when we do, I want to start taking some just short video clips or posting video clips of my um, gym days just so you could see how uh, 
how well maybe how far I've come, but also more than that, how bad my form is. I'm I'm learning. I, I'm I'm getting a little bit better, but I know I still know my form is off. And these guys have so much patience with me. And yes, they correct my form and correct me where I'm wrong, but they never do it in a cutting, demeaning way. Never, never. And I'll be honest with you, I um I had a hard hard time first few months there because uh I am um, going into a class with a trainer like that. You know, I'm I'm expecting. You know, Mick from Rocky, uh, oh, you're a bum, get going, Rock. You know, I'm expecting that, and I didn't get that. What I got was encouragement, being built up, spoken to well. When I did something great, or, you know, I, I, let me let me rephrase that. When I did, did something right, uh, they I was praised, plotted. When I did something wrong, I was corrected, but in a manner that didn't uh, feel like I, I certainly wasn't being demeaned at all. So both Josh and Daniel, uh, phenomenal, phenomenal people. God promised me the best, and those two are the best uh, that have been brought around me. And then the gym is just full of phenomenal people. But again, I didn't get permission to use their names. And I use Josh and Daniel because they already have some episodes on here. So I figured if they went in, came on here with me, I don't think they would mind me using their name. But now my church... Because I, like I said, have the most phenomenal church on the planet. Not because of what I've done. It can't be because of what I've done because I don't know how to do it. It's what God has done. And he kept his promise. So, uh, again, my wife and I, we are the lead, if you will, lead apostles. And we have a husband and wife team that are our lead pastors. And they do so much more than pastor. But they do such a phenomenal job pastoring. And that's Abraham and Adriana. Phenomenal, phenomenal uh, pastors, compassionate, loving, caring, that give of themselves, both of them give of themselves tirelessly. They uh, are just fantastic all the way around. Fantastic teachers, fantastic preachers, super anointed, both of them. And I uh, appreciate them. Again, when God said he's bringing me the best, he truly brought the best. Pastor Adriana has established a ministry uh, I don't want to say a business. There's a little bit of a business side to it, but it's it's really more of a ministry called Beauty for Ashes. She wrote a book, a booklet, a workbook. She helps uh, uh, everybody, but primarily women, um, overcome issues of their own soul and their own heart to become more whole. Phenomenal ministry. Phenomenal ministry. And we have uh, our elders. Again, God brought me the best. Todd and Sherry, Jim and Rhonda. Miss Betty. Now, Miss Betty cracks me up. She's been with us for, oh, I can't even remember how many years, a long time. And uh, <laughs> she she's a troublemaker in her own right, and yet absolutely so loving and so caring and such a wonderful, anointed, well-rounded person in every other way. And still at the same time just doesn't want to deal with people's guff and what i mean by that i'm not saying if somebody has something going on in their life she's not going to help walk them through it i'm just saying if they're just going to play the game she you know, let them go play the game you know i'm going to work with people who are are serious and so miss betty is awesome uh there's cynthia cynthia is quiet kind of takes the uh, back seat in in a lot of ways you know but powerful prayer warrior powerful prayer warrior and and she doesn't say a lot but when she does you can take it. it's gold it is gold she watches a lot she processes a lot but when she says something it is absolute gold and we have mama maria as well 
And she, um, Mama Maria is such a giver in every way, giving of her time, giving of her heart, giving of her prayers. Uh, she just gives herself to people. And everybody that spends any kind of time with Mama Maria knows that she genuinely loves them. It's not fake. It's not phony. It's not false. She genuinely loves them. Then we have our deacons, our head deacons, Henry and Sue, some of the hardest workers you'll ever meet, but not just because they work hard. They do uh, phenomenal work. Uh, Miss Sue, I call her Miss Sue. Miss Sue has uh, a, an event planning uh, business and she is absolutely spectacular. She can take what basically amounts to one of those big white uh, tents, almost not quite a circus tent, but one of those big white event tents that are just kind of plain Jane and make it look like a, 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 just a beautiful ballroom for weddings and, and uh, things of that nature, any kind of party. She is phenomenal at that, and her and her husband do a great job doing that. Um, then we have, let's see, we have our youth group leaders, Angel and Anna, both spectacular, spectacular power couple doing a great work with our, with our teens. We have Camp Click. That's kind of like a middle school kind of, middle school? Yeah, I guess. No, maybe a little bit younger. Um, ladies and gentlemen, you have to forgive me. I see these people. I see all these kids. I see them running around and I don't even know what age group or anything like that. Anyways, Camp Click is that middle group uh, and their minute, that ministry is run by Jose and Jackie. And then we have little lambs, and that's for the little ones, like a nursery, uh, the little ones, toddlers and, and to infants. And that's run by Idy and, well, M Mama Maria. They work together with that with their teachers. And again, I wish I could get through everybody's names in here. But my point is, these are some of the most fantastic people in the world. Phenomenal. I have no problem telling people I have the greatest church in the world. And it's not because of me. Please, I, I'm bragging, absolutely. Yes, I am bragging. Number one, I'm bragging on my God. Because he promised and he's fulfilling his promise. But I'm also bragging upon the people that God brought me. It's not me. I didn't do it. Trust me. I am not trying to, I'm not saying this to even try to sound like, oh, I'm just being so humble. No, I'm just telling you the truth. I know my limitations. I know where I mess up. But God did not mess up and he brought me the best. Not because I even deserved it, but because he promised it. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to meet some phenomenal, great people, come to Greater Works Christian Church. You can only meet all these great people, but you, you can even meet me. Stephen Covey said, Always surround yourself with people who are even more talented and competent than you. And I can honestly say, when I look at my board, I wrote these things on. In every one of these areas, whether it be at the gym, pastoring, being an a elder, deacon, uh, youth worker, children's worker, nursery worker. Trust me when I say, and believe me when I say, every one of these people are so much more, they have far more talent and more competent in their ministry than I could ever hope or dream to be. Okay, they make my job so much easier because they take care of their ministry. They take care of their people. They take care of what the things that have been entrusted to them where I don't have to worry about it. That's why, you know, when it comes to certain things, hey, what about this? Oh, I don't know. Because I trust them that much. I trust them that much. And so I don't have to concern myself with the day-to-day, moment-by-moment stuff in any of it. And even when I go to the gym, these guys are phenomenal. If there's a workout or something that I can't do, Everything's put up on the board, work out for the day. And if there's something, a movement or something that I can't do, they don't 
in any way make me feel like um, I'm weak or I need to leave or anything like that. What they make me feel like, what they do is they come and, they, okay, let's scale this. Let's find a similar movement that you can do. And for months and months and months, that's what I did. And I still do every now and then because I'm still dealing with a, a shoulder issue. It's not nearly as bad as it was. But every now and then I need to uh, scale, we call it scale, scale that particular workout so that my shoulder doesn't get messed up again. And that they have no problem with that and they know how to do it. So I still get the workout, I'm still moving, I'm still progressing, and they're helping me keep from getting injured or making an injury even worse. Spectacular people. So again, uh, always surround yourself. I didn't surround myself with, with people that are talented and more competent than me. I didn't, God did, because I'm not that, I'm still not even that good to be able to do that. But God did it. So can you imagine if you set it in your own heart and your own mind to do this and you work with God? What a beautiful thing. Mark Twain, of all people, Mark Twain said this, keep away from people who try to belittle your ambitions. Small people always do that. But the really great people make you feel that you too can become great. So take um, take some advice or take this from Mark Twain by surrounding yourself with people and staying near to people that are going to build you up and not tear you down that that will speak well of you and speak positive in your life not negative because when you can learn to do that when you when and you have those types of people around you you're going you're going to go somewhere you're going to grow you're going to move you're going to be successful you're going to do great things john maxwell again says the better you are at surrounding yourself with people of high potential the greater your chance for success. Oh, I like this. John Wooden, a uh, basketball coach, said this. Whatever you do in life, surround yourself with smart people who will argue with you. <laughs> now, when I first read that, I, I it kind of surprised me because we don't want people arguing with us, do we? But then I realized what he was trying to say, or I believe what he's trying to say, is that if you have people that are smart around you, right, they're going to they're going to want to speak into your life. All right. So let's say you're uh, I'm just using this as an example. Let's say you're baking a cake and um, you have smart people around you who have baked some really awesome cakes before and they see what you're using and how you're doing it. And they come along and they say, listen, you're, you're making this uh, cake. If you put this ingredient in there, Instead of using that ingredient, you know, margarine, I'm just using this as an example. Instead of using margarine, use butter. And instead of maybe two eggs, use three eggs. Now, you're looking at the recipe, and it calls for margarine and two eggs, but they're saying use butter and three eggs. Um, and you're like, well, I'm just going to stick to the recipe. The smart person, and again, over a, over a cake, if you're just making a cake for yourself, that's kind of silly. But you can expand that to anything, your marriage, your finances, your business, all of that. And they say, no, 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 you don't understand if you really want a great cake, and they start to argue with you, not to belittle you, not to put you down, not to even necessarily be controlling per se, but to take away your own stubbornness and help you overcome your own ignorance in an area that they have an expertise in. You know, and you could take that in anything. Say somebody comes in, we have a friend, again, I didn't have permission to use his name, but we know somebody who is a consultant, and he goes into businesses to help them um, do business better. And so 
he has to not only go into the business, spend some time there, see what they're doing, how they're doing, and then sit down at the table with the powers that be, that be, and explain to them what they're doing wrong, where they need, you know, what they're doing good and maybe can do a little bit better, where they're off and need to come completely scrap or change it. And sometimes those people don't want to hear what he has to say. You know, when it comes right down to it, I've watched enough Gordon Ramsay, the uh, chef, his programs to know that's true. They invite him in and it's all approved. And then when he starts bringing something negative, they, they get all, you know, uh, stubborn and testy and everything and want to argue and not in a good way. We need to learn, learn to be one open to that. Stop being so stubborn ourselves when smart people speak into our lives, but we need to, if it, if they need to, they need to argue with us. We need those types of people with us. No, you don't understand. You don't understand. This is how it should be done so that you can do better. Have a better marriage. Have a better home. Raise better children. Have a stronger business. Make more money. Whatever it is. And, and, and we need to surround ourselves with people who have that kind of courage and tenacity. Not just the brilliance. Not just the brains. But, the, but what would put something behind it for our own good. Okay? Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, I... I, I been I wanted to do this because there's so many people out there that are kind of floundering around and it can come down to I remember years ago remember and you can look this up in the newspaper and such if you if you don't remember it or this is before your time but there was that guy Michael Vick football player at when he was when he was um signed on to play uh, in the NFL I believe at that time he he was the most highly paid football player in the NFL I it was over $100 million, if I remember correctly, but it doesn't matter. And what happened was he got busted in a dogfighting ring scheme. And you would think, how is this guy who's making that kind of money, living his dream, be doing something like that, dogfighting? I mean, such a low-level, low-level, disgusting thing for somebody, especially who's making that kind of money in the NFL to play a game. Well, what it came down to is he didn't cut off the people that weren't going where he was going. He came out of that kind of lifestyle, out of that kind of neighborhood, out of that. He had a chance for the big times, and I believe he was rehired. He went to prison, ladies and gentlemen, but when he came out, I believe somebody hired or, or, or signed him up again. But, but why did he, something so low level, so, you know, I don't know. That's like, it's not just illegal. That's the type of things, it's like midnight fight club kind of a thing for extra cash. It's not only just that it's illegal. It's like, that's what the lower end of our cultures and society do. All right. Playing football for a hundred million dollars. That's what the upper end does. So he was actually trying to play the lowest end and the highest end all at the same time. And why was he still playing that low, low, low end in that regard? Because he couldn't, he didn't learn how to cut off the people that were dra that were still in that and refused to move up the ladder with him. He should have said goodbye a long time ago. But because he didn't and he couldn't, it drug him down and sent him to prison. Just like Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, you notice he didn't surround himself, the 12 disciples, with 12 buddies that he grew up with and went to high school with, people from his own neighborhood. He found people that were going to help him get to where he knew he needed to be and people he could help them get where they needed to be. And it became a win-win, so to speak, for both of them because they were both moving up the ladder, so to speak. But Michael Vick couldn't do that and he paid 
the ultimate price. Now, my point on all that is you've got to be strong enough and willing enough that if you have to, you I'm not going to tell you to cut off family or even close friends. What I'm going to tell you, though, is you've got to learn where to put people in your life, even if they share your last name, even if you grew up with them. If they're not going where you're going or what you where you want to go, you need to learn to put them somewhere else in your life. They're not your 12, and they certainly aren't your immediate three and because if you try to keep them there they will bring you down and and one of the things that i also tell people all the time well maybe not all the time but when when these types of discussions come up i tell them this you don't go to a broke person to get financial advice so if you want to grow financially go find somebody that's already done what you are seeking to do already achieved what you want to achieve and ask them how did you do that and beyond that can not only how did you do that because they might give you the 30 second pat answer get to know them walk with them talk with them see see what they've done see how they do i remember this movie uh i forget the name of the movie it was harrison ford i want to say the title of it was karina karina something like that anyways harrison ford was in it and harrison ford played the part of an extremely wealthy person and he had a chauffeur that drove him everywhere. And at one point, the chauffeur's daughter comes into town and the chauffeur says, hey, I, I want to give you some something. And he gives her $2 million or bank account, whatever. Two, I think it was $2 million. And when this movie was made, $2 million was actually a lot of money. And she's like, how did you get this kind of money just driving him around? Well, he did something. He's, he sat in the front seat with this wealthy dude sitting in the back seat. The wealthy dude gets on his little portable phone or whatever, and on the way to, to his office and the way back, he's making investment deals. He's calling his broker. He's calling uh, the people who took care of his investment portfolio, says, you know, buy this, sell this, get this, do this. What about this? What about this? And he just was listening so that when he finally got to where he was going, he would pick up the phone and do whatever the guy in the back seat who was extremely wealthy did. He didn't have as much to do or work with as the guy in the back seat, but it worked. It worked. In other words, he wanted to make some money, take you you know, turn his his money, invest it wisely and have more money, and it worked. Why? Because he was following the lead of the best. So if you want to increase your financial, your portfolio, then learn from people who have already done it and follow their example and follow their lead. Don't go find somebody that's broke and doesn't have any money in the bank or doesn't invest much, or hasn't had any success, follow somebody who's been successful. Same thing. If you want to go to the gym and get in shape, listen, don't, I don't, I, I, you know, don't go find people that are out of shape and say, hey, how do I get in shape? They don't know, or they would have already done it. Find somebody who's done it. Find somebody who's doing it. If you want to look like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, back in the day, then you got to find people that are doing that. If you want to, if you want to learn how to run, uh, what's a good, I don't even know who the good runners are. There was a gentleman years ago, Jim Fix, that was a runner. His diet was terrible. It finally killed him. But as far as the running aspect, he was spot on. You learn from people like that. Uh, if you want to become a great swimmer, Michael Phelps, you learn from people like that. You may not have access to Michael Phelps or Arnold Schwarzenegger or somebody like that, but you can certainly have access to people that do those types of things. You say, well, I wouldn't even know how to, say, um, you know, get into bodybuilding. 
Okay, go find a bodybuilding gym and walk in there. Sign up and just start going every day and just mimic what the other guys are doing. You're not going to do it on the same level they're doing it, but you can start doing it. Hey, how do you do this? Hey, most guys in the gym, not all, but most guys in the gym are happy to share what they know with anybody and everybody. All right. Um, if you want to lose weight, I don't want to paint any picture or say anything that might seem offensive, but I'll put it this way. Just find somebody who's already at the basic body type and weight that you want to get to and say, how do you do this? Especially if you know somebody that has the before and after story, find them. And I can go through a myriad of things. You want a good marriage? Go find somebody who has a good marriage. You want to know how to raise your children because you, you don't want your kids growing up and getting involved in all the mess? Well, go find somebody who raised up good children and ask them, you know, what do you do? And, and do your best to keep that door of communication open so that if you're going through something with your children, you can make that quick phone call. Hey, my kid was um, half hour late. Uh, we have this curfew. They know. What should I do? And you bounce it off of them. You know, those types of things. Now, being successful should not be a mystery. It should not be a mystery. There's so many successful people out there in their own right, in their own mind. When I say success, I'm not talking about uh, having a certain amount of money. I'm talking about success in some endeavor, some area of their life. Some people have phenomenal, successful marriages. Somebody has uh, success, great success with their uh, health, um, their physique, their diet, things of that nature. Learn from the successful. And one of the best ways to be successful is to surround yourself with successful people. People that have done or are doing what you want to achieve. Henry Cloud said this, if you want to become healthy, you have to surround yourself with a group of people that are getting healthy and you have to be connected to a community that is doing what you want to do. This is When I say our church is the greatest church in the world, listen, I, I'm not even trying to give a hard sell in our church. I'm just telling you the truth. If you want to surround yourself automatically with a group of people that are phenomenal and fantastic and great, then come to the church. Come to Greater Works Christian Church here in Lancaster, California. You know, it, it's just... There's something that God has done, and God has done it, not me. God has done it. And when people come in and get locked into the church, into greater works, and other churches are like this. I'm just, I'm just bragging about my church because I've watched it over and over and over and again. But when people come in and get locked in, when I say locked in, I mean they make a heart decision to be there. That's their home church, and they're there week after week after week after week. They begin to apply what's being taught, what's what's given. They, they begin to receive from the anointing in the house from God, but that's in the house, and from the other people in the church, and they can't do anything but grow and go up the ladder, so to speak. So listen, ladies and gentlemen, you really want to achieve success. You want a better life. You want a more healthy life. And I say this in every area. Surround yourself with people that are doing what you want to do or have done what you want to do. Or at least people that are still are moving in the same direction you're moving and having some success in it. Surround yourself with those types of people. People that you find great potential in. People that really will build you up and speak well, not only of you, but to you. And that will encourage you and build you up. Let me tell you, there's no end to what you can accomplish if you surround yourself with the right people. So here's some homework for you if you want some homework. Really do some uh, searching in your own heart, your own life. Look at the people that are around you, the closest people. The people that help or keep you from making 
the decisions that you make. You know, because some people will speak into your life and help you make decisions, and it's not always the right one. Some people will speak into your life and keep you from making decisions that you know you should have made. Really be honest with yourself about that. Do you need to cut those people off or spend just simply spend less time with them? If you spend, like, say, two hours a day with that kind of person that just doesn't, your relationship with that person doesn't get you anywhere, maybe you should cut that down to maybe two hours a week and then purposely go out and find, fill the rest of that time with people that are going to help you get to where you need to be. So with that, I just, I pray for you and I hope that you take this, you run with it, and make some things happen. Hey, why did I make the list? Chippy is number one. I'm out of here. Thank you for joining us at Table Flippers. I truly appreciate you. You can write me at gwccrobert at gmail.com. That's gwccrobert at gmail.com. Please let me know how I'm doing. Remember to pick up some of our merchandise. You can find the link at gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Until next time, be continually blessed.